Welcome to Faith and Family. I'm Andy Bates. How do we serve those in prison? And how do we how do we bring the gospel to them? My guest is uh, today has uh, shared with us before about prison ministry. It's time to get an update on what's going on in prison ministry in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, uh, particularly here in the Midwest. I hope you can stick around and hear the conversation. Thanks to our underwriter. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Thanks for the great work they do and for supporting Faith and Family on Worldwide KFUO. Find information about them. You can find their logo in our sponsor section. Click on that. You can find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin. KFUO.org. Look for Concordia University, Wisconsin in the sponsor section. Joining me by phone this morning, the Reverend Jeffrey Nerd. He serves with prison ministry in the Southern Illinois District and also pastor at Our Redeemer Lutheran Church in Greenville, Illinois. Pastor Nerd, welcome back to Faith and Family. Well, thank you very much for having me, Andy. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure to uh, to spend some time talking with you about what's going on at Our Redeemer and prison ministry. Uh, what's life like in Greenville, Illinois, this week? Well, Greenville's pretty exciting right now. The, have a beautiful day, and we got confirmation coming up in uh, Our Redeemer, and we just had our pancake sausage breakfast that helped for raise funds for evangelism and LWML, so... We're just exciting and celebrating what the Lord's continuing to do for us. What is uh, what are new things going on in prison ministry? I know you serve in the Southern Illinois District, and that that really also I think serves as a uh, uh, sets the direction I think for many of us uh, for many of our districts in terms of prison ministry across the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Yes, that's that's correct um, in the. Southern Illinois District has been working with the Senate office, uh, developing and, and expanding prison ministry. And uh, that's one of the reasons I, I was glad to see your email that you were wanting to know what's going on, because since the last time we talked, there's been a lot of things going on. Um, we've got coming up here in uh, June, the International LWML Convention in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We've got a uh, grant proposal, and that will allow us to have another synod-wide prison and jail ministry conference. And um, along with that, we hope to also uh, include the coordinators from every district, which we worked on last year, creating a, a coordinator base for the synod. So every district would have some type of representation in prison ministry and, and um, that has just been uh, a real help in connecting people to those in their districts that are involved in prison ministry. What are the opportunities for prison ministry across the United States at, at any given moment? Is I'm sure there are, there are many that are incarcerated. What are the opportunities that, that lie before us, Pastor Nair? Well, when people think of prison ministry, they might think, first of all, just going to an area where the bars cling and, and you have fear and trembling as you hear those cling and you're standing there with somebody who's incarcerated. Um, and in some places that, that may be true, but the, the point of prison ministry is going to those who may not have heard the gospel or have forgotten the gospel message that they've heard in, in the p- people who are incarcerated that's just one phase of prison ministry. The other phases of prison ministry 
are to take care of the families who are victims. Uh, another area would be to um, work with those who have been incarcerated and now are coming back into this society. And um, there's a Freeding Christ program for that that we've developed to help them in the assimilation back into the Christian life and understanding of what it means to be a part of society. And then there's a new area that everybody's working towards is uh, sanctuary houses to help the assimilation process develop. But instead of going to a halfway house, uh, that is pretty much another area of people that are all con- uh, have been incarcerated. You go to an area that's that's uh, developing that with a theological understanding of saint and sinner, and these are called sanctuary houses. And we actually have a Southern Illinois district actually has uh, had a resolution to to look into that, and the task force has taken that on. And we've got actually a Lutheran House of Mercy that uh, we have paperwork uh, put together for incorporation and bylaws and constitution, and we're ready for the 2018 uh, district convention to bring that as a resolution to convention. Let's dig into each of those different types uh, of prison ministry that you you mentioned earlier. As okay. you mentioned, one of them that, that we often overlook is ministry to the families of those who are in prison. That, that is correct. Um, a lot of people don't realize when a loved one is incarcerated, many times uh, the family seems incarcerated too. Um, someone who is a part of that family is no longer there. And uh, and how do you address that to the community that you're with? And how do they feel when uh, people look at them differently because of the circumstances that they find themselves, which maybe they had no part of, but it's just part of the relationship of the family. So it's very sensitive, and, and it has to be uh, a time of of care and the love of Christ given to that family that is the same love of Christ that's given to those who are incarcerated. How does that ministry to the family of the incarcerated make a difference for those who are incarcerated? Do you see ways that that makes a difference for the incarcerated? Well, yes. um, The family unit, as distorted as it may be, still a strong unit, uh, and we know that the number one reason people do not return back to incarceration, what we call recidivism, um, is because there's been a strong family tie throughout this time of incarceration. So that if there is a strong family Christian unit of communication to the one who is incarcerated, then when that person is returned back into society and and back with his family, um, that that unit can continue to grow together. And we know statistically that there's a much greater chance of that person not returning into uh, incarceration because of that connection. Now, that that actually increases 
when there's a strong spiritual relationship, not just the family unit, but the spiritual relationship. And even when it comes into Christianity, that even increases more. And so here in the Lutheran Church, with the understanding of saint and sinner theology, we're able to incorporate that in the time of this is where I've fallen and this is my sin, and bring the wonderful healing of this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Your sins have been removed because of the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And that's greater than any rehabilitation center that they can have because it makes them a new people, a new person, a new creation that God has made it intended for all his people to know that he is Lord and Savior, and that provision's been paid for by the blood of Christ. So ministering to the family of the incarcerated is certainly one important aspect of prison ministry. And what were the other two? Remind me again, the other two. Well, the other one is the transition from the time they have been incarcerated Mm. to the time they come back into what we consider society. And that's sometimes a process that goes through a what's called halfway house. And sometimes those those, uh, times of transition is not always nurtured as it could be in a theological setting of mercy, which we uh, have have kind of put together with this Lutheran house of mercy. Um, there would be guidance and, and direction, not only in, uh, in coming back into society, but what does it mean to be a, a child of God? And what does it mean that you your sins have been removed because of the blood of Christ? And that... that uh, mindset could be brought forth in the time of serving that time period between incarceration until the time they're released from their um, their sentence. Tell me about the uh, the resolution that you mentioned earlier. The resolution for the convention that we have at uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, is to have a synod-wide prison and jail ministry conference that would be geared to anyone that does prison ministry or anyone that's interested in knowing more about prison ministry, along with a specialty in the coordinators of each district, so that it's going to be enhancing what the coordinators of each district's doing, plus connecting other people who may not yet know about prison ministry but have an interest in it. And uh, this grant, thirty, I think it's 36500 that we have as a proposal for the um, LWML uh, International um, Convention that's going to be held in June is one of, the, one of the, the grants that's on the tally sheet of the LWML. So this would really open the... The doors you've been working on establishing coordinators for each district. This would really open the doors for many more people to learn about prison ministry and what they can do, how the the resources that and, and and things like that 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 would help them serve their neighbors who are in prison. And along with that, um, it would also help us attach the the people who come to this to their district coordinators. So there's a better communication. Communication is is one of the concepts we've been working with and developing. And part of that is we've developed a map that um, you can go to the map 
and click on your district, and it'll tell you who the coordinator is. Um, and and uh, in a moment, I will give you information on how to get to that map and, uh, and get that connection made. With There's been so much that's been done uh, with the high-tech society that we have, and, and some of that's been incorporated in our prison ministry, which I'm very excited about because communication uh, is important because if somebody is in, in Nebraska and there's a federal crime committed, they might send them to the Greenville Institution. And, and that way I would be able to know that there is a person here that's from the Lutheran Church of Nebraska area that I would be able to be aware of. They would have to contact me, of course, because I can't contact them. But then I can be aware of the, the circumstance and be able to help address that. What are some stories from the field that really help us see what prison ministry is all about? I, I think one of the, the most uh, pointed story for me, I guess, would be when I was um, walking into uh, the uh, camp and a person came to me and, and said that uh, they thought that uh, they are no longer Christian. And and I asked them, what do you mean? And they told me about what they had been in the outside when they were in society and what had happened to them since they've been inside. And so uh, we happened at that time, now it's no longer there, but at that time there was a cross at the at the camp, and, and I was able to take that person into the chapel area where that cross was, and I, and I uh, stood behind the cross, and I said, what do you see when you look at me? And, and, uh, and they said, well, I see a cross. And I said, but do you see me? He said, well, I really see the cross. And I said, um, what you're doing is you're looking inwardly instead of outwardly. You need to look at the cross. You need to look at what your Christian is because of what Christ has done for you. And, and by looking outside of yourself, you don't look inwardly and see who you are and what you struggle with. You see who Christ is and what he has done. And as you look at the cross, you see you are a redeemed person. And I said, the good news is that you have to understand that if you thought you were no longer uh, a Christian, and what their term was, I've sinned against the Holy Spirit, is what they said. And I said, you wouldn't even come to me. You wouldn't have cared. You wouldn't have wondered about it. I said, the very fact that you were concerned about it says that there is a faith there. But what you need to do is put your faith in not what your actions have been, but what Christ has done for you. And as that person grow in the knowledge of that understanding of justification and what Christ has done and continues to do through the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word, uh, that person grew to understand really what it meant to be a child of God. It was God's action. It was God's works. And then they respond in saying, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to live this way because what he has done for me not to earn my salvation, but my salvation has already been earned by Jesus Christ at the cross of Calvary. Mm, amen. Pastor, how long have you been serving in prison ministry? Since 93. I, I was I get, 
was given a call to our Redeemer Lutheran Church and to the Southern Illinois District Prison Ministry. And um, and so it's a dual call. And so ever since uh, that call, I've been involved in prison ministry. So 24 years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. People that uh, that I see that's retiring that's been in the uh, the prison system because you're only allowed 20 years. You know, I thought, they're retiring. I'm not even thinking about it. You know, it's just crazy. But why would I retire something I love to do, you know, and what God is able to do with with somebody like myself who is a sinner can go in and talk to other sinners about the blood of Jesus Christ that's redeemed them as it's redeemed myself and all of us who are children who understand the gift of salvation that comes in Christ alone. So with this resolution uh, at the, uh, the, the, the potential um, conference for prison ministry lying ahead of us and, and that uh, being decided at the, uh, the upcoming LWML convention this summer, um, what else lies ahead for prison ministry for, uh, for us Lutherans? Well, I wanted to, to um, take you to two websites, give you information about two websites. Um, because there's so much there that we've already been able to put together in these websites that are so new, uh, and and it's just all fresh in the, within the last six months. It's all coming together. Um, but the first one is uh, um, if you just go to SID LCMS Prison Ministry and you search that on your Google engine, it'll come up to our district prison ministry website. And in that website, you've got videos, you've got um, resources, the Freeding Christ uh, manuals there, and the handbooks there, many resources. And then you can also go to the, um, it's called Specialized Pastoral Ministry. Um, Just do SPM-LCMS in your search engine, and it comes to the... um, specialized ministry webpage, and it's a whole vast assortment of prison ministry. But the one thing I want to mention is that there's under prison ministry, there's one marked district coordinators. And you can click on that district coordinators, and it gives you a map of our United States. And um, then you can click on your district, and it tells you who the coordinator is. It also gives you a place that if you're interested in prison ministry, you can put your email down, your name down, any comments down, and you can send it directly, and it goes to the database, and then we get that to the the, the district coordinators. So that there's a communication process that's developed, and the more communication we can keep with those involved in prison ministry, the more they're going to stay in prison ministry, because the worst thing happens. If someone on their own chooses to visit some body in prison and they run into some kind of circumstances that they don't know how to handle or they think they're all doing it themselves and it doesn't help anything and they're all by themselves and then they quit. When I go to all these district conventions or the national convention or the synodical convention, I get the same question. I used to do prison ministry, but then this is what happened. 
And I said, well, did your coordinator know? Did your district know? And they, no, nobody knew. I just did it on my own. And there's so many people that start prison ministry, and then they stop because there's no help. Well, this is a self-help system that we've developed, and we're continuing to fine-tune it. So it's a huge win for prison ministry in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. I uh, just found that resource. We'll include a link to that with the the archive of today's program as well, so our listeners can have access to that resource, a handy little uh, online tool for finding out who the coordinator is in your district and and getting connected with them. Yes, um, we have been blessed with people who have technology and knowledge and a love for prison ministry, and even if they have never been into an institution, they have gifts that they can use to serve in prison ministry, and people need to know um, prison ministry is more than just walking in to an institution. We have just about two minutes left. Uh, any other resources you want to point us to, Pastor Nerta, as we wrap up our time together today? Well, uh, when you go to the SPM LCMS website, there's a, a magazine that's written called pastoral touch there's an article in there that was done by pastor jim rivet and um it talks about the two databases that we're putting together and the um resource the pastoral touch is a great resource for what's going on in the lcms for specialized ministry including prison ministry and the other thing is, is that anybody that's interested in learning more or being connected to the Lutheran House of Mercy, um, we're always looking for input and people that would be willing to sit on uh, committees as this develops once it's approved. This is a big step uh, for us to, to get a, um, a house and to renovate that house and to make that house usable for a House of Mercy um, and it's a it's a big goal, but uh, the Lord has continued to bless us, and we've even got some properties that uh, we are considering looking at once we get approval to move forward. And uh, we filed for a recognized service organization for the LCMS. So there's a lot of wonderful things God's doing with prison ministry, and I would be glad to talk to anybody and Pastor Rivette, and if you go to the Southern Illinois District coordinators on the map. You'll see our phone numbers and our names. Very but, good. Uh, my phone number is 618-292-4392. My guest today, glad to tell you anybody. Pastor Jeffrey Nairt, Prison Ministry, Southern Illinois District, and our Redeemer Lutheran Church in Greenville, Illinois. Thank you so much, Pastor Nairt. Thank you very much, and blessings to you, Andy. Concordia University, Wisconsin, and Mequon overlooks a half mile of beautiful Lake Michigan shoreline. CUW campus is located 15 miles north of Milwaukee with over 70 undergraduate majors, 28 graduate degree programs, and doctorate programs in pharmacy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and nursing practice. CUW offers online learning and accelerated learning at one of nine Wisconsin centers and one in St. Louis. Traditional or accelerated education, CUW has the program for you. CUW.edu.